Hello and welcome to the Black Millennial Revolution. My name is Kiana Michelle, also known as Key, and you are tuned in to another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. So what is going on, community? What is going on? I hope you all are having a great day today on this Sunday. I hope everyone has had a great week thus far. I know that many of us are still stuck in quarantine and it is the summertime, so I hope you all are coping with this well and I hope you all are also finding ways to still enjoy your summer. You know, I know that um, this coronavirus is still going on, but life should still go on as well, right? So try to find ways to enjoy your life and to enjoy your summer. So colorism. I knew that colorism was going to become a topic of discussion during this entire, what can I call this right now? Um, This uprise of Black Lives Matter. I knew that in the midst of these protests, in the midst of these riots, in the midst of people sharing how they feel about everything, via social media, I knew that eventually people were going to start talking about colorism. And I'm not shocked by it. And I knew that once the topic started to come out, that a lot of people would, one, be shocked, and two, try to shun it away. Because that is oftentimes what happens in the Black community when colorism is discussed. This is something that oftentimes happens. So I know that every black person that, you know, not only is living in America or in the world, but that is also listening to this podcast right now. I know that every black person has not experienced colorism in the same way, right? Um, I know that we all have had different experiences when it comes to it. Some of us have never really experienced it at all. But regardless, it still is something that affects all of us because it affects the community as a whole. And it really speaks to the mental slavery that a lot of our community members still struggle with. Um, You know, colorism is used to divide and conquer. It is used to divide and conquer. It's used to divide the black community even more. It's used to cause us not to unite because the biggest threat to this country is black unity. So now if we have black people now saying, oh, no, you know, you're light, you're dark. I don't, you know, no, I can't really rock with you or just doing ridiculous things based on skin color. You know, it really does set us back. And a lot of us really have to understand this is mental slavery in the flesh. It really is. And. A lot of our community members are brainwashed by this, are brainwashed by this, and they don't realize that they are literally a living embodiment of mental slavery in the flesh. So, you know, yes, we have a lot of colorist people in the black community, um, and it's really, really unfortunate, but it's even more unfortunate that so many people in our community don't realize that they are dealing with mental slavery. I know a lot of people in the community like to act like, oh no, I don't, you know, care about what white people say or white people this, or, you know, I do my own thing. I live my own life, but you're a colorist. No, you, you are literally a colorist 
and that is mental slavery in the flesh. So, um, I'm not with the colorism stuff. Um, you know, I'm a brown skin sister, but I am a black woman and I really hate how colorism has divided this community so much. I think it's ridiculous and I will definitely be sharing more of my thoughts as well as more of my personal accounts later on in this podcast episode. But Asian Doll. Asian Doll is a rapper. I am not too, too, too familiar with her music, so I can't be here and say, oh, Asian Doll did this song, Asian Doll did this song. I don't know too much of her music. All I know is that um, she is an upcoming rapper, and that is as much as I know about her. But what I also know about Asian Doll is that she recently went on Twitter and expressed her own views with colorism. And I have the tweet right in front of me. I wanted to read the tweet to you all so you all can really get a feel of how she was feeling. Um, And just so we can start to really dissect what she said moving forward. All right, so let's get to the tweet. This was also a tweet and delete. Um, So the people that don't have Twitter, that means she just tweeted her ting and she deleted the ting. (laughs) So... You know, she didn't want to keep it up for too long. So Asian Doll stated, a lot of light-skinned girls posting Black Lives Matter, in quotation. Like, you hoes not racist to y'all bullies, dark-skinned girls all our life. Thinking about our skin color, called us monkeys. You hoes fraud, but keep spreading fake love. You hoes will never understand us. So she later followed up by saying this. Light-skinned bitches way evil and jealous to dark-skinned girls than the white folks, but that's a different racist topic. So that's how Asian Doll felt, and I am not going to um, make her feel bad about, you know, her own life experiences and how she felt. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not at all. Um, but what I can say is in life, it is not about what you say, it's how you say it. It's oftentimes... Not about what you say, but how you say it. And, you know, I'm someone that experiences that a lot. I'm a very outspoken person. And um, I know there's times where I can be outspoken and just be brutally honest, where I just don't care if if it's uh, hurting or feelings or anything. I'm saying how I feel. But at the end of the day, even I have to remind myself, it is not what you say, it is how you say it. Language is power. So in this case, um, in Asian Doll's case, this is definitely one of those situations. Um, But, you know, while she was stating this, you know, you can tell there is a lot of trauma that is literally seeping through her tweet. There's a lot of trauma um, that this woman has had dealt with. When it comes to light-skinned women and the colorism that she had received due to her dark skin. And I think it is really, really unfortunate. And I also think, you know, it's really unfortunate that a lot of people were dismissing her claims as, you know, people oftentimes do when dark-skinned women state how they feel about colorism. You know, they just feel like, all right, you all are not going to listen to what I say. You all are going to dismiss my feelings like you all always do. And I was observing that there were people that were doing that. But at the same time, there were a lot of dark-skinned women that were really grateful that Asian Doll spoke up and stated how they were truly feeling. 
Um, but at the same time, there were a lot of light-skinned women that were really offended. They felt like Asian Doll was just coming from a really, really bitter, bitter, bitter place. And I think it's one, you know, once again, it's not what you say, but how you say it. But two, perhaps a lot of those light-skinned women also have faced, you know, backlash and were bullied by dark-skinned women as well, you know, because there were a lot of light-skinned women that were stating that on Twitter as well. So, you know, it seems like it's also one of those situations where everyone is kind of pointing the finger, but no one wants to, you know, really be accountable. And, you know, this is a really, really touchy-touchy subject. And, you know, I think there are better ways to have a discussion about colorism. But at the same time, I'm not going to bash anyone for, you know, just kind of coming out with verbal diarrhea and saying how they feel because I think Asian doll is coming from a place where it's trauma and it's anger. And oftentimes, you know, when you're angry and you you dealt with trauma in the past, you blurt out things and you say things and it might not be digestible, but it's just how you feel. We are human beings, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm not going to bring that sister down because of it. I feel bad that she had to deal with the things she had to deal with. Um, And I also feel bad for the light-skinned sisters that feel like, dang, you know, Asian doll, it wasn't me. It wasn't me that did that to you. And I too have dealt with things with dark-skinned women growing up. So it really just shows, once again, what mental slavery does to our people. The divide, you know, the divide that it does to our people. The divide. And We really need to come to a place of healing, but before healing comes, a lot of accountability needs to happen here and a lot of listening needs to happen. People need to listen to each other and, you know, better delivery. But at the same time, like I stated before, I cannot bash Asian doll for stating how she felt. I get it. She could come across bitter. I get it. She could come across angry. I get it. But I think that Asian doll was coming from a place where trauma was speaking for her, you know, and trauma is a big deal. It really, really is. It affects us all. A lot of us have trauma, you know, especially black people. A lot of black people have trauma. We do. We really do. And it affects all of us in different ways. You know, in colorism, it really does affect people. And it really does affect black women, especially dark-skinned black women. Because dark-skinned black women are perceived as not being desirable on the colorism spectrum, right? Right? So it really does affect dark-skinned women. But I understand that it does affect light-skinned women. But let's be honest. It benefits light-skinned women. It does. Let's be honest about that. So, once again, um, I, you know, it, it just, colorism is a really, really foolish, um, foolish, foolish, foolish thing. Um, it really is. And I hope that more of us, over time, really start to realize that and see that. And, um... I don't want anyone to think, you know, me stating that it's foolish is me being like, oh, like, you know, I'm, you know, thinking um, anyone that has really been affected by this is foolish as well. No, no, no. I don't I don't want anyone 
to feel that way. I just once again think it's ridiculous how much colorism has divided the black community. And it's just truly upsetting to me, you all. It really is. That's the place that I'm coming from. But you all, I have not dealt with colorism like that. I have not. I am in the middle of this spectrum. I am a brown skinned sister. And um, I have not had experiences like that with colorism. I can remember one experience when I was a teenager and one of my former friends was a very, very light-skinned, light-skinned black woman. Very, very light-skinned black woman. Um, To the point sometimes people would question, like, are you black? Like, are you mixed with something else? Which would be really weird to me because I'm like, looking at this woman, you know, you know she's black, you know, she know, well, I mean, at that point, she wasn't a woman um, yet. <laughs> we were teens, but looking at her, you you know, you knew she was black. So that was always weird to me how some people would question whether she was black because of her lighter skin tone. But anyway, so her and I were hanging out and she was meeting up with a guy and um, it got to this topic of discussion and the guy next to you know ends up looking at the both of us when we ended up meeting up with him. Excuse me, just have some allergies. Don't have anything else. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the guy is ending up just like looking at us at a point when we end up meeting up with him and he's like, oh, like, you know, if I had to pick between the two of y'all, I would have to go, both of y'all are cute, but I would have to go um, with the light skin girl because she's light skin. And I'm just remember looking at him like, okay, you know, number one, he wasn't attractive. So, um, if you had went with me, regardless, I wouldn't have wanted to go with you, you know? So that was my first thought. Number two, my little teeny bop herself had a boyfriend. So, uh, I wouldn't have wanted you even if you had wanted me because my brown skin self was taken. All right. I was taken. So I didn't care. And number three, who cares? I, I literally remember looking at him like, okay. Um, and, and the thing is, he was very taken back because he expected me to be phased. Because I remember looking over at my friend and her being all happy with glee. And him looking over at me like, oh, I wonder if she's going to be phased by this. But I wasn't phased. I just remember thinking, okay, take her. Because I damn sure don't want you. You are far from my type. But now... Let's have a hypothetical situation, right? Let's say the brother was fine. And let's say I was single, you know? Would I have been offended by that? Probably. And that's something I just have to put a hypothetical situation out right now. Probably. I probably would have been offended by that, right? So, you know... Although I wasn't offended then, I still can understand if the, you know, situation was a little different, how I could have been offended by that. And regardless, it still was um, an example of colorism. But it also could be an example of his preference. But the way he stated it, it's like, all right, like, you know, you you know, you literally said y'all are both cute, but I have to go with the light skin one because she's light skin. That is colorism. That is colorism. So that is like the prime example of colorism that I have experienced in my life. 
Um, I did not grow up in my family hearing so much about, oh, you're this skin tone, you're that skin tone. You're... That was something that I never heard in my family at all. You know, I come from a family on both sides where there is a r- array of colors of black people, an array of colors. So I grew up always associating blackness of having an array of different skin tones and thinking it was just so beautiful. And I also grew up with a Trinidadian grandmother on my mother's side who was really big about taking care of your black skin. You know, when I was in kindergarten, I was one of those adventurous kids. So I loved to play at, you know, recess, jump off this, jump off that, play tag, fall, fall, fall. I just had a ball. But every time I would come home, I would come home with a new mark on my skin every time and my grandmother used to freak out every single time I would come home with a new mark on my skin my grandmother would freak out and she would say Kiana you come home with another mark on your skin another mark on your skin she would freak out you must take care of your skin Kiana you must take care of your skin and so that stuck in my head from childhood you get it you must take care of your skin you must take care of your skin you come home with another mark on your skin again That was always embedded in my mind that I must take care of my black skin. And I would also watch the way my grandmother would cream her face with care. The way she would massage her face with her creams. The way she would massage her arms, massage her hands. She really just took care of her black skin. And she viewed black skin almost as if it was royalty. Truly royalty. And... As I grew a little older, I ended up getting pimples. I would get pimples in, you know, around my teenage years, around high school years. Um, And anyone that grew up with pimples, you know, that could be a very, you know, it could just make you so insecure, right? You know, you feel really insecure, like, dang, you know, I don't want to go into school with, you know, the little pimples that I have. And that's something that I had. And a lot of my family members on both sides, didn't really have pimples, you know. My dad was the only member on my dad's side that I had known that had pimples growing up. But other than that, on both sides, no one really had pimples. So I grew up having, you know, pimples. And when I would, you know, go to family events, I would just look at my family member's skin, especially my dark skin family members. I would always look at at their skin and look at the consistency of their skin and look at the smoothness of their skin and look at the fact that they had no pimples on their skin. Now, I'm not saying that all dark skinned people, you know, don't have pimples on their skin. I'm not saying that, right? But the dark skinned people in my family do not have pimples on their skin. Their skin is smooth Godiva chocolate, baby. All right? And growing up, I wanted to be that. I wanted to have that smooth (laughs) Godiva chocolate skin. Like, dang. You know, like, why, why, why do I have these pimples and they have this nice smooth skin and I have these pimples on my face? You know, so it wasn't the fact that I did not appreciate my own skin tone. It was the fact that I had pimples and these people didn't. And I wish that I had a skin. I had skin that wasn't acne prone. You know what I'm saying? That I didn't get pimples and stuff like that. So 
it was always so interesting to me when, as I got older and I realized, oh, wow, you know, people associate being dark skin as a bad thing. I'm like, that's definitely not how I was raised to see it at all. Um, all the dark skin women in my family are not only beautiful beings, but they also are women that are married. A lot of people like to say, oh, dark skin women are not desirable by black men. Black men don't want them. But the dark skin women in my family are the ones that got married first or are the ones that are married the most by black men. <laughs> so I'm over here like, huh? You know, like, wait, what? Are we sure about that? You all, are we sure? Because in my family, you know, it's truly the darker, the berry, the sweet of the juice. Um, so are we sure about that? Are we sure? But like I said, I grew up on both sides with a family that had an array of colors. And on my dad's side, the array of colors is even more. The, you know, I have biracial family members. My grandmother is a very high, 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 high. I'm talking about a high yellow black woman. Um, to the point when I was a kid, I was very light like her and they used to call me high yellow baby just because I'm her grandchild and just because she's a high yellow woman. But it wasn't like they called me high yellow baby, um, fetishizing my lighter skin tone as a baby. It was just because, oh, look at the high little yellow baby, like her grandchild, granddaughter, I mean, grandmother. But when I got a little older and I started getting darker, no one cared. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, you're getting darker. What's happening to the high yellow baby? Oh my gosh, we thought she was going to stay lighter. No, it wasn't. It wasn't anything like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just like, all right, okay, the high yellow baby is getting brown skin and we love her brown skin and we love her for who she is. But even my grandmother, a high yellow woman, never has never stated anything about anyone being darker, anyone being anything. All her children are, are either brown skin or dark skin. All her grandchildren, you know what I mean? Are Some of them are brown skin, some of them are dark skin, some of them are light skin. She does not care. She loves everybody the same way. Everybody the same way. But what's interesting is that my father's girlfriend right now is a Dominican woman and she's very light skin as well. And she refers to my father as me Negro, me Negro. And I fucking hate that shit. I'll be honest with y'all. I'm sorry for swearing and everything like that, but I can't stand it. Um, you know, it's just something about it. It just doesn't sit well with me. I'm like, why are you calling this dude? you Negro. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just don't like it. I know Negro means black something about it. I just don't like that. She calls him me Negro, me Negro or oh, me Negro. It doesn't matter how romantic she tries to make it sound with the Spanish. It, it just doesn't sound right to me. So she calls my father that you know, um, here and there. I was, I don't know if she calls him that to his face, but I know on Facebook when she would post up like cute little pictures with them, she would put, oh, me and me Negro, and like, you know, try to make it all cute and sexy. But to me, I'm like, you and your Negro, that's not, that's not, that's not okay, dog. That's not okay. So mind you, she's too busy calling my father, me Negro, me Negro, me Negro, right? And her mother is a dark skinned Dominican woman. I'm talking about her mother is several, 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 several shades darker than my grandmother. She's darker than me. She's darker than my father. But she's over here calling my father me Negro. But your mother is a dark skinned black woman, a dark skinned Dominican woman. So if that's not once again, colorism, you know, <laughs> right? It's, it's so ridiculous how 
this colorism shit goes. It really is. It's ridiculous to me. It really is. And I know that Dominicans definitely suffer with colorism a lot. I know that that's a community that deals with it a lot. And I know that there was a dictator. Um, I think his name was Chinghilo. Excuse me for the Dominicans that are listening. I don't want to butcher anything up. <laughs> I'm sorry about it if I'm butchering it up. But I know there was a dictator um, that was part Haitian that used to bleach his skin. And um, he killed off a lot of the Haitians that were in DR. And he made a lot of, you know, the dark-skinned Dominicans really hate being black. So I think there's a lot of trauma with that as well that has been passed on through generations when it comes to Dominicans. Um, but either way, you know, it's, it's, isn't it ridiculous is what I'm saying to you all. Isn't it ridiculous? Isn't it ridiculous how this colorism shit goes? Isn't it ridiculous? Right? It's like, we should all just appreciate being black and loving being black. That's, I think, you know, what I love about blackness the most is the fact that we all come in different shades, that we all come in different skin tones. You know, I think that is a very beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. I really do. And, you know, it's not about the shade tone. It's about are you taking care of your black skin? Are you using some nice sheer butter? Or if you're allergic to that, are you using something else that will work well for your black skin and make that black skin not only moisturize, but glow? Are you taking care of your black skin? That's what we really should be focusing on. Not the color of your black skin. Are you taking care of your black skin? That is what is so important. You know, and I understand some of us might have medical conditions with our skin. So I don't want anyone that is listening to this to feel, you know, insecure about that. No, if you have a medical condition and it and, you know, makes your skin react in different ways, please, please, please do not feel offended by that. That's like when people come at Michael Jackson and be like, oh, Michael Jackson, you know, he bleached his skin and but he had a, a um, medical condition. He had vitiligo, you know, and um, there's a lot of black people that deal with that. There's a lot. And speaking of skin bleaching, that was something that also used to um, really, really shock me when I first started to find out about it. The fact that there are black people that bleach their skin, because you got to remember, I grew up, you know, with a family that held blackness and held black skin to this highest power. So when I started finding out that there are black people that are bleaching their skin, I'm like, oh my gosh, what? So they weren't taught the same things as me? I'm thinking everybody is being told the same things as me, you all. I'm thinking everybody is being told the same thing of, you need to take care of your black skin. You need to take care of your skin. You need to take care of yourself. I'm thinking everybody is hearing the same chant. So I'm growing up like, what? You're bleaching, you're bleaching your skin? You don't, you don't love your blackness? You wasn't raised to take care of your black skin, huh? Huh? So it's upsetting to me that some of our brothers and sisters were not raised in that manner and, and, you know, and are still dealing with the mental shackles. They're still dealing with the mental shackles of looking at other skin tones as, oh, you know, this skin tone is, you know... Uh, inferior, the skin tone is superior. No, we are all black. All right. Take care of your black skin. It does not matter this tone or anything. You need to just take care 
of your black skin. Take care of yourself and love the skin that you're in. Love the skin that you're in. I love the skin that I'm in. I would not trade it for the world. I love being black. I love being a brown-skinned sister. I love my dark-skinned sisters. I love my light-skinned sisters. I love my dark-skinned brothers. I love my light-skinned brothers. I love all of us. I think we are all beautiful, beautiful, beautiful beings. And it is so upsetting that some of us are still dealing with these mental shackles and we don't realize it. This all comes back to the fact that this is all mental slavery in the flesh. And as a community, we really need to combat this. We really do. So I am glad that, you know, the topic of colorism came up. But a lot of people are like, oh, it's not the time for this right now. We should. It is the time. It's always going to be the time, my people. Because we can't continue to point the fingers at the white man or the white woman. We got to start pointing the fingers within. Because we got things going on in our community that we need to heal, that we need to focus on healing, that no one else can help us with it but us, you know, that we need to figure out. It's up to us to get out of these mental shackles that many of us have been still have been put in are still in. A lot of our people are still stuck in mental slavery, and that's what Kanye West, I, I, you know, I ain't going to get too much on this because I know, you know. <laughs> Kanye is very controversial, so I'm not trying to uh, literally uh, change the energy of this podcast. <laughs> but honestly, that's what Kanye was trying to say um, when when he was um, saying the whole thing about slavery and everybody got mad at him. He was trying to say that black a lot of black people are still stuck in mental slavery. But like I said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, you know, and his delivery wasn't there with it. But that is what Kanye was trying to say. Um, and I agree with him. I do. A lot of black people are still stuck in mental slavery, you know, when it comes to colorism, even when it comes to hair texture, you know, and when it comes to a lot of different things. But um, I have faith. That as a community, um, we will break free from these mental shackles that many of us are still in. So once again, love your black skin. Love the tone of your black skin. Love your complexion. Love the texture. Take care of your black skin. If you don't have any cream now that you're using on your skin, go and buy some, you know, some cream and cream your skin. Some some cream that's for black skin. You know what I'm saying? That's black owned. Um, so get something for your skin. Moisturize your skin. Take care of your skin. Love your skin. Love your blackness. Don't make anyone, you know, make you feel less than for being lighter, for being darker. You know, don't make anyone make you feel less than at all. At all. At all. And don't and most importantly, don't allow anyone to if they don't want to break free from their mental shackles, don't allow anyone to put their mental shackle mindset and their mental shackle opinions on you. Because there are gonna be some black people that are not gonna want to break free from the mental shackles. They're gonna wanna stay colorist, they're gonna wanna remain. Um I um 
I am I believe that we cannot save everybody, right? You know, I'm a realist. As much as I you know want us to save everybody, I believe that we can't save everybody. Um so hey, if you have some, you know, people in your life that don't want to change, do not allow them to put their mental shackles um and their mental you know, these opinions that they have on you. Don't don't allow them to do that. Love yourself. Love the skin that you're in. Take care of your skin. And always remember that no one else, baby, in this world can be you but you. All right? So this is today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. And as always, community, thank you so much for tuning in to the Black Millennial Revolution. And I hope you all have a great one. Bye now.